Hi, my name is Lori, and I am with thewifeexpert.com, and I help women get their husbands home. I also help men get their wives home, because right now in this world today, everybody seems to think marriage isn't that big of a deal. I can jump off, and I can go run off with Susie or Joey and just leave my kids and my family. Nobody has the strength and the understanding of what they need to do to keep their family together. That is what we're talking about today. I also want to share with you that I am being sponsored by this amazing company called Samvi. And if you want to get any of their products, the link is below because they support this show. So if you support them, they support me. So I appreciate that. And any time you want to stop and send this to any of your friends, go right ahead. Share this. Share this with everyone and anyone you know who is struggling with their marriage. Because today we're going to hear what tools you need to make your marriage work. Okay, so without further ado, please let's bring on Melody. Melody, I am honored and blessed that you are here today. And I know you have been struggling for a long time and I don't wanna to talk too much because I want you to be able to tell your story. And as you know, everyone who's listening here today is listening because they're struggling and they're having some issues with their husband leaving or their wife leaving and they don't know what to do. And that's what I know you went through the same exact thing. And I want to hear, let's start at the beginning. If you can uh, tell me when, you know, things were good and then when you notice things go bad, can we start there? Sure. Yeah, definitely. Well, thanks, Lori, so much for having me. I um, cannot thank you enough for the support you've given me over the last, really, it's been a, a, over a year we've been in touch and um, you have been <laughs> words can't express how, what you've been and how you've helped me. So let's see, it's such a long story, but, um, my husband's, what I call, you know, his midlife crisis or the, the bomb drop of his midlife crisis began in September of 2019. And I would say, I thought we, we'd been married 15 years at that time. And well, so what's the bomb that, drop? Let's talk about bomb drop. What's a bomb, bomb drop? drop? That was like, <laughs> That was just like, he said he was done. He wanted a divorce. He didn't love me anymore. And mm -hmm. he had never said anything like that through our entire marriage. And how long were you married? 15 years at that time. How many years? 15. 15. 15. One five. And um, I wouldn't say that our marriage was without problems. I would say that, you know, maybe a couple of years prior to September, 2019, I, there was definitely some issues and I was already maybe taking some relationship classes. I was really starting to look at myself and my patterns and the way that I would get resentful and angry. So I was aware that there were things that needed work, but I felt that we were working on them. And I mean, I thought we had a pretty awesome marriage for the most part. Um, we were always deeply in love and always had really great intimacy. Again, not that it wasn't without fault, but I just, you know, the bomb drop, I, <laughs> it totally it came out of left field. It was within weeks of his father's death though. And um, so his father died first. And no bomb drop happened. Like he had just actually gotten back from visiting his dying father. And so his father was on his deathbed bomb drop happened. And then his father died, I think just a couple weeks later. So it was right in that time frame. And you know, honestly, Lori, I didn't find you until I think it was April of 2021. 
So wow. bomb drop happened in September of 19. It was a roller coaster from then. Well, from then until kind of not, you know, maybe 20, the, the beginning of this year of 2022. But I didn't even really realize it was a midlife crisis prior to finding you. I had maybe started to dabble and I maybe started to wander, but I think I was just in my own state of distress and crisis that, I don't know, I was just trying to survive. And, yeah, and I can hear it. I can hear it in your voice, right? When you li- relive that time, probably from September 19, when someone tells you they're leaving and you're like, wait, what? Yeah. yeah so devastating. Yeah. So not to go into like, you know, excruciating detail, but starting in September of 19, it was this roller coaster of him just totally disappearing. I couldn't contact him. He wouldn't answer my calls. He, it's just like he turned into a different person overnight, it would seem, but then he would kind of come back and say, no, like I'm here. I mean, he never came back like full force, but he did come back and he was it wasn't like he had completely left he, but he was in and out and back and forth and oh gosh, it's just like the timeline is crazy, but he he was leaving a lot. He was taking a lot of trips. He went back to his family's cabin in Maine the summer of 2020, you know, that was COVID was happening all then. Um, He came back in the fall of 2020 and I thought we were kind of working on things again, but it wouldn't take much. And he was just running again. And, and again, all that roller coaster time, he was never really back with both feet in. But when I found you, I felt like it reached a new level of just complete disappearance. And just his behavior became even more bizarre when he was around. And so I found you somehow like, I'm so grateful because when I found you, we went on a, we had just gone on a family trip and it was like, I was so excited that he came on this family trip with us because I was like, oh, you know, he's, you know, I felt like it was the beginning of the end of the crisis, but honestly that it was like just a deeper dive into the crisis, to be honest, now that I can look back, he, we, he came on this family trip, things went super South, you know, I didn't have the tools and skills then I had started to get help before that kind of with my own anxious and I'd found like a coach for like anxious attachment. So I was aware of some of my issues around relationships, but I still just, I don't know. I didn't really have both feet on the ground. And after that family trip is when he really disappeared in like a bigger way than he had before. Um, Cause he never actually moved out, but he just so would What leave. does disappear mean? Like, did he just not he, just, he would just leave town. And I wouldn't even know, like the kids would tell me, oh, dad said he has a job, so-and-so. And he wouldn't even tell me. And like, I mean, he couldn't, at that point, like he could barely even look me in the eye and like talk to me. <laughs> I mean, his behavior was, and I know that I wasn't helping either, right? Like I was so, um, honestly, it's it's like hard for me to even remember what I was like then because it was such a crisis for me at that point too. Yeah. I know. I'm like, whoo, it's kind of weird to relive it. Right. So it's hard. Anybody- That's why I appreciate you doing this. Cause I know every time, yeah. Every time I talk about mine is like, <gasps> it's hard. And I, yeah. I really appreciate you going there for a few minutes, but we'll get you yeah. out of that. Well, and again, if someone mm. is listening to this and they have a similar, you know, if their spouse is acting just in ways that is just completely bewildering and out of character and just 
it's, it's, it is, it's a full bone. It's a crisis for them. It's like they're in a midlife crisis, but you are too. And so I, I don't want to underestimate the, the pain and the suffering that you're in, you know, whoever's listening. Um, but the most important thing is to get stable, get emotionally stable, be able to like, kind of get your, you know, feel good again. And that's really what I started to do in April of 21. I kind of realized how it's like, he had already left and come back so many times that when he left that time, I just couldn't drown again. I just, I, I, it's like, I finally had my self-preservation was finally like, oh my gosh, I, I can't let this take me down for my kid's sake. Because when the bomb drop first happened, that was rough on our kids because I wasn't able to really, I wasn't able to keep them distanced from it. You know, I was so um, anxious and, and upset, but by the time he left in, you know, I don't know, at this point, I think I was just gaining my strength again. So I found you and you were honestly just like someone I could talk to who wasn't just going to tell me to leave him. Because even with all this, I just somehow knew like, I, I'm not, I don't want to divorce. I don't want to tell him it's over. I don't want to throw it all away. Um, so you, I just, I couldn't talk to friends as much at that point. So you were that was what was so amazing about you is like, you were like a girlfriend I could talk to who was actually going to tell me what I needed to hear. And I mean, nothing against my friends and my family because they love me. And I mean, I think they just wanted me to be okay. Um, but at the same time, it's like, they're too emotionally involved with me to be, to have a perspective or, a, you know, to be objective. And they also, you know, unless someone's spouse has gone through a midlife crisis how can they give you any advice and i at that That's point right. i didn't know anybody it's a very long time yeah so so what was the turning point what do you think finally like because some like people always ask when does the shift happen when <laughs> when will you start turning home did you see that happen was there anything that you think you could quantify it saying i did this and this happened or were there things that you did do that you remember that things started to happen? Like, what do you think worked in your experience? Or it maybe was, tell me what worked in the little bit that you saw change. And then we'll talk about the big change. Yeah. Oof, there was such, such a good question. I think it was slow. I think it was slow incremental changes that I, I was show, I started showing up in a different way. And it took a long time for him to start. I mean... Let's see. He started to come around again, maybe summer. He Again, he never left for like months at a time. It was weeks, maybe a month at the longest. My memory's not crystal clear on all this. So it's not like he completely fell off the face of the planet. He would come home. Um, and I think it just took me finally like being okay. With not seeing him, just kind of like living my own life. And I mean, really, I think it's, you know, it is how we act around them, but it's really like how we are feeling. Like I finally had to really feel okay. And that's a process, right? It wasn't like I just one day decided I was okay. And then I was okay from then on out. It was like a continual coming back to center, coming back to like, I'm okay. And just finding that like deep, deep self-love and like, strength. I mean, honestly, going through something like this in hindsight is like war. I was, 
I would never wish it on anyone. But honestly, I, I'm almost grateful because I just feel like I'm, I, I know how strong I am now, yes. you know, yes. <laughs> and not you that didn't I still know that. have moments of weakness, you know, not that I not still totally mortal, but I, um, so let's see, to go back to your question, I just had to start being okay and kind of letting him be so that when he was at home, he could feel more and more comfortable, I think. And that wasn't easy because he, again, when he would come around, he acted in the most bizarre ways. And it, well, it turns out he was having an affair started, um, around like maybe later spring after I like, say I started talking to you in April, there was like maybe an affair that began like late spring, early summer. And I didn't know it, you know, I didn't find this out until like this January and you knew it, you were just like, of course that's happening. Whereas I just, I didn't know. I mean, it was my worst fear, but I also didn't have any proof. So I, and that's kind of a whole nother side subject of my story. You know, I think all of our stories have their own end of, they're all a crisis, but they have their own individual like themes. And a theme from our marriage was before the crisis, my husband's a very gregarious and like friendly person. He loves people. That includes men. That includes women. He likes to hug people. He's he likes to compliment people. And I had had a previous history with infidelity in a previous relationship. So I came into my marriage with like a deep, deep insecurity and deep trust issues. And just paradoxically, that just, um, that was really also hard for my husband because he felt like, how can we have a marriage if you don't trust me? And he was faithful for most of our marriage up until this, you know, the later part of this crisis. So that's an interesting part of our journey is that, um, there was already trust issues, even though there wasn't anything happening. So anyway, going back again, I'm trying to keep myself on track. Like going back to your question about what changes I made, I think it's just, he started to feel more and more comfortable. And he also, like I said, he was acting so bizarrely. He was actually act like he was actually showing kind of anger towards me. And that had never been an issue in our marriage. My husband is, has never really been an angry person. Like, and it was just really bizarre. He just was acting really bizarre. I don't know how else to say it. Um, Most women who are listening right now, they know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. They get really he, crazy. He would, I remember once in particular, he came home and we were doing our taxes at that moment. And I went, I knew he was home and I knew he was outside. So I asked him for his, like, I needed his license number to complete our TurboTax. And he, he just was so angry at me. And he said, I'm not, I can't find sanctuary here. Like I'll never have sanctuary here. And he likes left again. And, and at that point I was like, again, I, like I was saying, I was finding this inner strength with your help. And I had some other programs and stuff I was doing just about like kind of really gaining control and realizing that we create our own reality. That was like the other input I was really getting was with my thoughts I create. So I was starting to just really um, try to reel in my own emotions and thoughts and which again is really hard when like your spouse and the father of your children is just acting. Um, I mean, I, yeah, just totally MIA. Um, John, my husband did continue to put money into our bank account during all this. So that was, that's a positive. Um, yeah, it's nice. But, 
but yeah, he would just, he was just angry and he could barely, like I said, he could barely look me in the eye and talk to me. And, um, it's interesting. I think God works in mysterious ways, but you know, we had a, a wildfire in our area and that brought him home. He had left, you know, he'd been home for like maybe eight days and I was feeling like, Oh, the stuff that I'm doing is working. He's still here. And I was really feeling really positive. And then one day he told me he was going on a trip across the country with a rideshare person he had met someone else who was traveling across the country. It turned out that was the other woman. Horseface. Hello, horseface. I didn't know that at the time. He did tell me it was just some random person on a rideshare. So he left. And as hard as it, like, again, I'm not saying I totally killed it with all your skills. Like I knew what the skills were. I knew how you were supposed to act towards them, but that didn't mean that every time I did. So like that day that he told me he was leaving, I was just like, what about the kids? Like, and it was fire. It was wildfire season. And we'd had a fire the year before when he was gone. Um, so, and our daughter had a lot of anxiety about it. So I expressed that to him, but he just said stuff like, you know, my dad wasn't around that much when I was growing up and he just, but he left anyway. Um, but then a wildfire broke out in our, um, in our area and he came home. Um, and kind of from that time on, he was home for the most part. He took little tiny trips from that moment on. But like at that point, I felt like I was pretty solid with my skills and I was able to really kind of just be light and happy and kind of get back to myself and just, you know, expressing a lot of gratitude towards him. Like as far as specifics, expressing gratitude, I think was huge because we hardly communicated. So if I did communicate with him, I would try to say thank you for just the littlest things. Um, so now, so I guess now that's, now we're in like mid that we're in like late July of 21. So like a year ago and he was home, but again, he would kind of leave, he would leave unexpectedly and I just wouldn't, wouldn't really react. Um, and I was just kind of always happy when he was around and when he wasn't, I was pretty used to it at that point. Um, so space space and freedom. Those are yeah. two things that no one thinks work. Yeah. But it's like, you have to like, let him go, let him be and deal with your own stuff. If you just focus on you, suddenly yeah. they feel they have the freedom to make their own choices. And then since they feel free, huh, maybe it's okay to hang out here longer. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. So what, what yeah. happened after July? Um, again, so he was home for the most part. Um, so yeah, get, gosh, that's like, it's so many months past. It's like, what, right? all, what are all the things that happened? So normal life stuff. Um, yeah. he was sleeping on the couch, but then he would start sleeping with me in bed, but no physical intimacy whatsoever. I think I, I remember so distinctly when he would put his hand on my thigh in bed and I was like, wow. Um, <laughs> and, so, and so to be honest, there is another piece of our story that maybe again, hopefully won't shock people too much. But when he was on that trip before the, the fire broke out and you know, this Lori, because you know my story, but he also got arrested <laughs> with his travel companion. That's called um, karma. Let's make that clear. You know, and, not, and if you wouldn't have known this stuff and he never shared this arrest with you, it would have happened to him. But when he's not with his family and he wanders off into this green yonder, stuff goes wrong. 
And that's yeah. karma. And that's part of God's plan for him to figure out, really, is this what I want? And that's okay. But go ahead. Keep going. Tell us about so, that. So that kind of complicated things, too, because he got arrested with his travel partner, who I didn't know actually things had gotten physical with him at this point, right? So I knew she was a female. I knew he was friends with her. But the way he had described her was as someone he would never, ever be attracted to. So, and I asked a couple times, like, is there something there? And he said, no. But, but they were in contact because they had also been arrested together. So they were doing, they were figuring out legal stuff together. And it wasn't a huge, like he's still on probation from this now, which also plays into this whole story beautifully. Honestly, I think it was all part of the plan. Um, so there was a lot of that happening, like where he had, you know, he was having to like write, um, because he wasn't in big trouble, but it was just enough, you know, to, um, have some consequences and, um, and so he was dealing with that. So I figured that's why he was still in touch with this person. But again, I just kind of was doing my normal thing, working and just like, I remember just putting on music and dancing a lot and doing yoga and just doing my own thing. I really was like, really, I was leaving him alone for the most part. Again, I would have slip ups here and there. Cause like one night I was sitting outside and he was coming home from a walk and I heard him talking to her and his voice was so soft and sweet. And I was like, Whoa, that's so weird. And, um, but again, I figured, well, he kind of has to stay in touch with this person because their legal stuff is wrapped up in a way that I don't think he wanted to burn bridges because that could have maybe sabotaged his, you know, um, case, but you know, fast forward, we're just kind of living. We have kids, we have teenagers, I'm working. Um, and I, another big kind of milestone was our son's birthdays in October and we took him roller skating and I was super, we just had a really good time. We were skating together basically. And I was like dancing flirty and he was just like, man, I had such a good time with you. And just little things like that would happen. But then we would have some big hiccups, like where he was about to go to a party and I kind of expressed a little discontent over that. And that really blew up. Um, but for the most part, I was super kind, loving, grateful, and staying off his paper and not asking him questions, like as a main and staying straight, like you say. Um, and so again, at this point, I still don't know that an affair had happened, but I had really prepared myself that that had happened. And I think in the fall and winter, I like every time he went to talk, I, I was expecting him to tell me. But again, I didn't know if it was all in my head. So I, I just, I don't know. But he, and so I would say that then in the fall and the winter, he would start to open up to me and he started to really express how um, hurt he was from things in our marriage. And for the first time, instead of being defensive, I would just tell him, I hear you. And he actually would cry and I would hug him and I would tell him that I love him and that I'm there for him and I would apologize. So I think those were some big shifts too, because he was really starting to like feel safe enough to like, tell me all the things that were hurtful. Um, he was also drinking a lot still at this time, which now I realize why, right? Because I think during these months, um, I didn't know about the affair and I think he was so afraid to tell me. You know, because that's something that I still don't really understand. And we have talked about it, but there's just basically 
well, let's see, I'll, I'll stay on track with my story. So now fast forward to January. It's my birthday. Today? Uh, uh, not today. It was my birthday. He gave me quite a few gifts, which were really like, wow, that was big too, that he gave me gifts. Cause it, for the past previous years, we'd gone through anniversaries and birthdays and no gifts and nothing. nothing right. Mm -hmm. So the fact that he gave me gifts on my birthday was pretty sweet. Mm -hmm. whatever, but he also kind of was drinking heavily that night. So for whatever reason, I looked at his phone that night and I hadn't looked at his phone in, in months. And I had, I didn't even want to look at his phone. I would, I would like get the urge and I would see his phone, but then I would just be like, no, I don't want to. But for whatever reason that night or the next day was my birthday and he was leaving to go to a court, his final court case out of state, um, the next day. And so I looked at his phone and I found, you know, there was texts pretty far back that told me that there was a physical affair and I woke him up out of like a stupor and called him out on it. And he didn't, you know, he was so kind of out of it. He admitted to it. And, um, that must've sucked. Oh my God. I, and I was upset, but I handled it pretty well. Cause I, again, I think I was expecting it. So I was kind of rehearsing how I would handle it, but he just had like, he left immediately. Oh, he left. He left. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right after it. Cause I was, and I was asking him questions and his answers were super bizarre and he came back the next day and he was really, you, I could just see the suffering in his face and he was crying. And I just oh. said things to him. Like, I love you. I hope you do well in your court case. And I just like, I, for whatever reason, I was able to show up. I talked to you that day, I think. Um, and somehow I was just able to show up in a good way. Like, I don't know. I'd done enough personal work at that point that I was able to show him nothing but love and compassion. And then he went on this trip and he kind of texted me random things. And during this trip, I was able to text him this really long kind of like, you know, um, part of me just wants to be so sad and heartbroken and I'm probably going to get teary, but I just said something like, you know, I'm just so grateful to have loved you. And mm. he, before the crisis, I guess the sad thing sometimes about these crises is, is he was a really amazing husband for a long time. And I did make a lot of mistakes in our marriage, as did he. Um, but it took him kind of leaving for me to really see, you know, what a great guy he was. So I had a lot, I did have a lot of great gratitude towards him. And I think the biggest shift was me loving him, like with a pure open heart, like, right. Unconditional love. That's if your spouse is in midlife crisis and you're standing for them and like, you're showing them unconditional love. Mm -hmm. you know, that's what it is. It's mm -hmm. loving someone without strings. So I was able to kind of text him something like, like that. Like, I'm just so grateful because you've been such an amazing person. And I said, and I really wish you luck with this new relationship. And he was so clear that this wasn't a relationship that he was in at that moment. He said, this Melody, this is not, I'm not in a relationship. <laughs> I'm, it, it's not, I'm damaged goods. It's not, um, you know, and so that's, I think maybe for anybody listening who knows that their partner's an affair or, suspects it. Um, and just like you say, Lori, like you have to tell us over and over and over and over again. I mean, I don't know how many times you had to tell me it's like, it's not, um, it's not this like amazing romance that they're in. 
it's not <laughs> there. I think for me, the one thing I know for sure that now my husband and I have reconciled and we're really talking about things. He, he was in so much pain. This other person I think was just someone who was showing him love. Yeah. It was like a blanket. I think, and honestly, when I'm like in my really high consciousness states, I can be grateful for her because she was there for him. Maybe in a way I couldn't be at that moment in time. Um, but he was very clear that he was not in a relationship with her. It was just a, I don't know. I don't even know what you would call something like that. I mean, it's a, a blanket. It's, it's <laughs> a blanket. She's not human. She's just somebody to, she's just a, he didn't know, he probably didn't know her middle name, where she went to high school, where she went to grammar school, what her, you know, cousin's brother's sister's name is. He doesn't care. All he cares no. is about what needs she fills for him and that she is someone that is comforting, like a pillow or a blanket. Yeah. And that's all he uses this for. He uses her for that. It's, it's basically, he use, they use these women. And these women think they're getting this guy. It's a half of the shell of the man you married. They're yeah. not getting anything. No. He and was all they're doing is providing this one thing. That's it. Yeah. And when he talked about, when he did kind of open up about, we were kind of agreeing not to talk about it anymore because it, it maybe he will want to later. And I try not to. But when he has, the, I, the couple things I can remember him saying was, it was like eating candy every day. It was just, it was something that just, and he does say that she was safe. Like she felt safe to him. Um, but yeah, candy every day. It's just, yeah. So he was very clear that he was not in a relationship with her, but still I showed him a lot of love and compassion. He came home and it's, it was kind of this breakthrough moment where I just told him, look, like I, I take some responsibility for the affair because I was so paranoid. You know, when his midlife crisis started, I didn't say this before, but when his midlife crisis started, I totally was like, if, if I already kind of had an underlying fear and insecurity of, of infidelity, it like, it became huge during the first year and a half of his midlife crisis. And, you know, I do believe that our thoughts manifest. So in a way I feel like I was I did kind of create it. I mean, again, I'm not taking responsibility for his behavior, but I do believe that we create our own reality. That's right. For better or for worse. I know that's probably super triggering for some people to hear. You know, I mean, it, I never would have thought that I would be in a marriage where this happened. That's right. Um, it's really hard to describe. It's hard to fathom. Um, but I just, I, I did, you know, we had this deep conversation where I think he could see that I wasn't going to blame him or just harass him about it. And that was a huge breakthrough. That was in January, um, later, Jan late January. And then he was like all back in. I mean, it was like, he was like, he was ready, ready to start over in our marriage. And so that was January of this year. We're in August, you know, late August. Now there were some bumps kind of in early spring where he would get really he would leave again, um, for a couple days. And, you know, I'd call you Lori, you know, I know I've talked to you throughout this year. Um, but I kind of had to keep, keep on my like mental diet of no, I'm creating the, a beautiful reconciled marriage. And I know that it's possible. 
but I just, I know that I had to keep staying strong because it wasn't like someone's just going to come out of a major crisis in a moment, but it's been, it's been a really beautiful reconciliation. I can't even describe what our marriage is like right now. Like it's beyond both of our wildest dreams. Honestly, the last couple months have been really, really, um, just gotten more solid and strong and he is able to really hold space for me because I am, you know, I mean, it's, it is hard to reconcile the things that have happened over the last couple of years. And he is, he's somehow holding space for it because he trusts that I'm not going to attack or, you know, there's, I don't know. It's so hard to describe what happens after a marriage goes through something like this. Um, yeah. It's a chance for a total rebirth, but it's also yeah. like you were talking about, you know, not talking about the affair. It's almost yeah. like you have to take all of that stuff and put it in a box and put it up on a shelf and say goodbye to it because nothing in that box is going to help you today or moving yeah. forward. It's yeah. the past. Yeah. It, was, it was page 397 and 398 of a thousand page marriage. And yeah. those, the pages have turned. Now we're in page 420, 430 and new things are coming. And every day yeah. is a new day. Every yeah. day. We don't think about that. If you think about it, you bring about it. Yeah. Yep. It's so true. I really, and it's, you know, I do have moments where I still do. And I, I really try to just, nope, don't. It's like a live wire. Don't touch it. It, it hurts. It hurts to touch that. But what's really beautiful, I have to say, and I'm grateful to be here because even just a couple months ago, this isn't where my husband was, but now I can kind of just tell him like, I'm, I'm just feeling a little tender, but again, I'm not. I'm not attacking, I'm not attacking him and being like, you did this to me. And I feel this way. I'm saying, look, I, I feel a little tender and a little scared right now. Um, and he really is able to, he actually thinks it's healthy. He's like, I'm, you know, it needs to probably come up and he's really holding space for it by just reassuring me. Um, other, I mean, he is so, so grateful. He, he thanks me. I can't even tell probably every day. He really yep. feels like I'm the one that got us through this. You I mean, are. You're yeah. his hero. Yeah. You are. yeah, it's really beautiful, Lori. I mean, I, it is, it's like the marriage we've both all, both always wanted. And I know with your program, it is, it's like midlife crisis focused and it is, I, they are going through a crisis, but I know for me, I, there were a lot of things that I needed to learn about how to be in a relationship you know, I had hurt my husband and there were things that really needed to change. And so this crisis, you know, does it have to, does it have to be this kind of huge crisis to have the change happen? I don't know, probably not for everyone, hopefully not for everyone, but for, for me and for every, you know, other people listening or people who get your coaching and videos, that's where we're at. Right. And so what are we going to do with, what are we going to do with what we're given? And I just, it's hard. I, there's not that many people I talk to about this, although my husband has been sharing with his friends. Like, I mean, yeah, again, his gratitude for the alchemy that happens when you um, kind of go through hell together Yeah. and so and show someone that love. So he thanks me. He thanks me for standing by him. He tells me that I have given him a new lease on life, that I have given him like a new life. Um, now that we are so stable and I know how to stay on my own paper and let my husband be a grown man and manage his own life, he is really starting to look at his behaviors and how his behaviors have contributed to our problems. And not because I'm telling him, 
you know, not because I'm saying you do that. No, it's like, he's doing that all on his own. And he just thanks me for the support, you know? And I think in the last couple of months, he did say something like, I think I'm in a midlife crisis. Cause he really is aware of his mortality. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was like, Oh, really? I had no idea. Oh, How weird. Really? I, yeah, I didn't know about that. <laughs> but he, um, what else are some of the things? Um, well, I want to hear what you think. If, if someone was starting this process and they just discovered their husband's having an affair and he's leaving and he wants to leave tomorrow, what would you tell that person? Or what would you tell yourself if you could go back to, was it November? Yeah, September oh of 2019. God. What would you tell yourself? <laughs> Knowing what you know today. That to find your own self, like love again, you know, to find your own your own sense of who you are with or without someone else, you know, to find that solid um, connection you have with yourself and all of life and God or the universe or spirit or whatever, you know, I mean, I think this is a very like spiritual journey, whether you're religious or not. It's like, this is a, it's a journey of finding the truth, true essence of who you are and who we are is not dependent on, you know, outside circumstances, who we are is who we decide we are. And so I think just, but it's a process, but I think the the sooner you can get to that very place where you just really fall back in love with yourself. Yeah. Right. You can see that. Yeah. It's so funny. Cause in the beginning, when it happened to me, people were like, well, just work on yourself. And I'd be like, what, how do I do that? I'm like, my world is in chaos. We have no money. And it's like, but at the end of the day, that, that, that's what you do. Yeah. But you can't see it because everything is just falling apart. But you get Yeah. That. I mean, that's it in a nutshell. It's like, I had to really, really fall in love with myself because I wasn't giving that, getting that external love and validation anymore from him. Yeah. So I needed to give it to myself, you know, cause what that's, why do we become attached to other people? You know, I mean, it's human nature for sure, but it's because they, we feel like they're giving us something that we don't have. Mm. Right. So then we have to find it ourselves. And then, but, but the beautiful thing is I think once we find it ourselves, then we can receive it from another in a more healthy, wholesome way that isn't so needy and like codependent kind of. Yeah, that's well so. put. That's well put. I love it. Yeah. Okay. Any, any last words that you want to share with us? And let me tell you, I think you are very brave. You know how many women I've asked to come on here. I was like, oh, I'm not ready. I'm like, but your husband's home. He's been home for two years. Can you talk? No, I don't, I don't, I don't want to talk. Everyone's terrified. And you have been so brave and I can't even thank you enough for sharing your story and coming here and being so open and you know, I'm just well, so grateful. Honestly, I do it because I just know that if I was starting, the, you know, going back in time, and if I was in the place that I was, and I was watching this, I, I mean, I lived for people telling their stories like this because it gave me hope. Yeah. Right. Because if you were, you're deciding to stand for your marriage, right? No one can decide that for you. I love that with you, Lori. You're like, you're, it wasn't your job to tell us whether we should stay or not. You just, you were to support us if we were going to. And I think, you probably deal with that a lot of women being like, but should I, shouldn't I? Well, that's, you know, that's your own internal. That's decision. a personal choice. And just to be clear, there are people who call me and I flat out tell them, 
I wouldn't stay. <laughs> I don't think you should stay. And I, people get mad at me, but I'm like, you called me to ask me my opinion. I've seen lots of stuff. And based on your situation, I think you're going to, it's going to be more successful for you to leave. And it's oh, mostly well, yeah. because of abuse. Yeah. Yeah. There was no abuse in my situation at all. No, no. Yours is good. Totally abandonment. <laughs> you know, that's like a whole other. Yes. But, yeah. but you walked through it and I'm so grateful to you. And I cannot, like I said, I can't thank you enough. And as you know, I'm always here for you forever. Yeah. I have so. the, the strongest marriage that I could have ever hoped for. So it was, it was worth it. Good. I'm glad. All right. So thank you. Thank you I will see you soon. And okay. thank you again for being on here. Yes. All right. Thanks for having me. Of course. Thanks. Thanks for all your help. I can't thank you enough. Really. Thank you. That means so much. Yeah. All right. Bye. Wasn't that awesome? Melody is a great girl. And you heard she had struggles but she didn't give up. Her journey was really short. Most of these journeys are 18 months to five years. So don't get discouraged if yours doesn't happen as quick. But that was awesome. I'm so glad she said everything she said, and she is brave. And moving forward, if you know anyone who's struggling in their marriage, have them call me, lead them to me, have them join my website, thewifeexpert.com, or I also have thelifeexpert.com, which is listed below. Um, come see me. Come talk to me. I make it possible for you to actually have a call with me. I'm here to help. This is what I do. I help people stay married. All these divorces, they're so not necessary, and they destroy so many kids' lives. Let's work on staying together. Be a support to other people. When you hear someone saying, I'm going to get divorced, just say, why? What's going on? Oh, he's the, okay. Lead them to me. <laughs> I'll take over. We got to change this world. Families are important. Be a good family member, even if you don't have one. Hug people. Be a part of that. And if you know anyone who needs this, forward them this podcast right now because I'm here.